do have a word from the Lord today, and so I'm excited to bring that. But before I get going on that, once in a blue moon when I preach, <clears throat> I like to start with a joke. So, <laughs> here we go. I just want to repent to everybody that's blonde in here right now. I'm so sorry. And by the way, blonde is not a color of hair. It is a state of mind. Okay, so this is the story of the blonde flying in a two-seater airplane when the pilot has a heart attack and dies. She frantically calls a mayday. Mayday, mayday, help me, help me. The pilot has had a heart attack and is dead, and I don't know how to fly. Help me, please help me. All of a sudden, she hears a voice over the radio saying, this is a tower. I have received your message, and I will talk you through it. I've had a lot of experience with this kind of problem. Now, just relax. Everything will be fine. Now, give me your height and position. She says, I'm 5'2", and I'm in the front seat. <laughs> okay, says the voice from the tower. Repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven. <laughs> oh. I'm just repent to the blondes. I'm sorry. So sorry. So do you guys remember the old commercial? <clears throat> I believe it's some kind of bagel or, or Cinnabon that says, you are what you eat. You guys remember that from a long I even found an old picture of it. <laughs> you are what you eat. You know there's some truth to that, amen? You are what you eat. I'm not sure what that says about me. I got black on today so I can hide all that, wore my jacket. But I want to take a little spin off that, and I want to say, you get what you speak. And that's the title of this message today. Um, <clears throat> you get what you speak. If you brought your Bible, which I hope you did, please don't ever come to church without your Bible. I know that's on our phones and iPads now a lot, but if you, if you brought your Bible, I want you to open the Word today to... Mark chapter 11, and uh, I want to put your finger there because we will get to it. Mark chapter 11, just hold your place there. But I love the Word of God. You know, I know I'm a worship leader, but let me tell you, I live my life by the Word of God. I love the Word of God. It's not <laughs> songs that get me through the day. It's the Word of God. Amen? And I'm telling you, it's what I declare over my family, my children, our life. I'll tell you what I believe about the Word of God. I believe that the Word of God is absolutely true. I believe that the Word of God is all-powerful, that the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> I believe Hebrews 4.12 that says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe that the word does what he said it would do. <laughs> I believe that it did not die 2,000 years ago and is now just some book of fairy tales and neat stories. Come on. I believe that his word is final. I believe that his word still works every single time. I believe that the word of God does what he said it would do. 
I believe that every time we speak it, it produces a harvest. I believe Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, that says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but the water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper for the thing in which I sent it. He said it would never return void, but it would produce a harvest every single time. Is there anybody in this room today that believes what I believe about this book right here? Come on. The Word of God. It is the truth. It is the final authority, period. And I love that. I love that. Now, how many of you know that there are physical laws that are in place in this earth realm and that there are spiritual laws that are in place in this earth realm. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you an example. One physical law that is in place right now, which I am very aware of in the last year, is the law of gravity. <laughs> now, that law is in effect whether I believe in it or not, right? That law is working whether I choose to agree with it or not because it's not dependent upon me or my belief. It's in effect, period, right? So if I take my keys and I let them go, what's going to happen? Gravity is in effect, amen? Okay? Spiritual laws are the same thing. The only difference is we can't see them. But just like when I dropped my keys, the physical law of gravity took effect and did what it was supposed to do, I'm telling you there are spiritual laws that are working and in place in our midst whether we choose to believe them or not. They are working. And I want to talk about one of those spiritual laws this morning. The first one is this. The spiritual law is there is power in our words. So if you want to write that down, that's a good thing to write down. Spiritual law, there is power in our words. Proverbs. Sorry. That is not the mic. They told me I should have used the headset. I just said, no, I don't want that thing. <laughs> Proverbs 18.21. Do we have that? It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So God the Father, back in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, in the creation story, he modeled this spiritual law for us. I won't take the time to read the entire creation story, but I do want to take some, some highlights from it and, and just to prove a point to you. So Genesis 1 verse 3 says, Then God thought, let there be light. Is that what it says? No. 
It says, then God said, let there be light. Verse 6, then God said, let the firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse 9, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Verse 11, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, so on. Verse 14, then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures. Verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and gave them dominion. I love that, by the way. But did you know God called us to be, not only did he make us, in his image and likeness, turn to your neighbor and say, you look just like God. <laughs> Nobody believes that. They're like, yeah, whatever. Not only did he make us in his image and his likeness, he called us to be imitators of him. You know, Ephesians 5.1 says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. So Jesus imitated his father. He imitated God in Mark 11. So I want you to open that up where you were. Mark 11, what you held with your finger. This is our main text today. Mark 11, verse 12. That was the introduction. So we're just now getting going. You're going to be here a while. I'm so sorry. Anybody who knows me knows that's not true, true. I, I have a little bit of ADD, and so about 20 to 25 minutes, and I promise you, you're going to be at lunch. I'm just, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. If God can't say it in that time, well, then we have a problem. Okay, so Mark 11, verse 12. Verse 12, Mark 11. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus, what's that word? Said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Verse 20, skip down. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done. And he will have whatever he says. Now, I want, I want to take that verse 23, and I want to mess it all up for you, okay? So, verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever prays about this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he prays will be done, he will have whatever he prays. Is that what it says? Yes or no? No, that is not what it says. It says a specific word multiple times in that verse, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says he will have what he's believed. Now listen to me. 
you can relax right now. This is not the message on name it and claim it day here at the church at Bushland, okay? I'm not going to stand up and say Cadillac. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say airplane. I'm not going to say any of those things because did you know that the devil can take a truth that was meant to bring power in our lives and through our lives and distort it and exaggerate it and make us afraid to even use something that we were supposed to have. Come on. And I'm telling you, that is exactly what the devil has done with this spiritual law, that there is power in our words. (laughs) You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The devil wants to steal the most important truth from you, and we must come into agreement with God's ways and this spiritual truth for it to work in and through our lives. Somebody say amen. Number two, have faith in God. So in that scripture, uh, in verse 22, Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Now look at me. It takes Faith mixed with words to activate the word of God in our lives. How, I want to ask you a question. How does faith come? If it takes these two properties, faith and words mixed together to activate the word of God in and through our lives, I want to ask you then. How does faith come? Well, I'm glad you asked. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to say that verse again. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, disclaimer, I am not trying to make anyone mad in this room today. But he did not say, faith comes when you have a quiet time. Matter of fact, I just want to ask a question. This is a legitimate question. Where did that word, phrase, quiet time, even come from? Quiet time. Like, that's a good, it sounds like something good, right? (laughs) Well, I'm not against meditation. Matter of fact, there's a lot of scripture that backs up meditating on the word of God. But I am telling you, according to this book, faith does not come by having a quiet time. See, I'm stepping on some toes. I feel that. I feel those toes I'm stepping on. But I'm going to say it again. Faith does not come by having a quiet time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, I'm not the smartest guy in this room. I, I'm way far from it. We've got Bontrager. We've got Ponder. We've got all these people that are real smart in here. I'm probably not one of those. But I'm telling you, I see two elements needed in that scripture for me to have faith. And those are ears and the word. Do you all agree with that? It is not enough to simply Think the word. We must learn to speak 
the word. So you're telling me that there's a difference between reading the word quietly or saying a scripture under my breath than speaking it out loud? Absolutely. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but I'm telling you there is a difference between thinking the word and speaking the word. Somebody needs to say amen to that. And listen, if you have a problem with that, I'm just telling you, don't shoot the messenger. You can take that up with God. He said it, not me. I'm just telling you what the book says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's real quiet. (laughs) Faith mixed with God's word produces a harvest. I put a quote on the screen by um, Jack Hayford, and I want us to read it. If you guys can put that quote up there. It says, the idea that faith's confession is a formula for getting things from God is unbiblical. But the fact that the faith in our hearts is to be spoken and thereby becomes active and effective towards specific results is taught here by Jesus himself, talking about Mark 11. We must combine the speaking of God's word with faith. So, My next question, point number three, how much faith does it take? Well, I'd like to think faith the size of a Mack truck. Do we have one of those? Yeah. So I've never driven a Mack truck, but I'd kind of like to write down Sansi. (laughs) And I'd like to pull that horn. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I would not have the church sticker on it, though, let me tell you. (laughs) I'd like faith the size of a Mack truck. Like, if it takes faith and words in the word of God to be active and to make this thing. You know, God, Jesus said, I have come that they would have life and have it abundantly. Come on, did you know that if you are not living an abundant life, it is not that book's fault? Oh, snap. So, I like faith the size of a Mack truck, but my ways, they're not God's ways. I want you to put that picture up there of that hand. That's a palm of a hand, and in that hand is a mustard seed. And that's what he says in Matthew 17, 20. Because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith... As a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Put that picture back up. Faith the size of a mustard seed. I'm assuming that a little faith can go a long way. Amen? Are you guys still with me today? Y'all still love me? Jesus said that I, may come, that I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to get this today because I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to get this today because I want your sons and your daughters to have an abundant life. I don't want them to have a halfway life that's halfway successful. Do you want that for you or your kids or your family or your daughters or your wife? No. 
You want abundant life. And I'm telling you, the word of God says you can have abundant life, but he has ways, and his ways are not our ways, and we have to do it by his way. And I'm telling you, we need to get a hold of the fact that we need to start speaking the word of God mixed with faith and believing and expecting a harvest. Come on, because this is his word, and he says, it does not return unto me void, but it will produce. So if something's not going right, it's not on this end. Come on. This is the truth. Remember, it's the word. It's what we believe. Matter of fact, speaking of truth, my last point today is truth versus fact. So, true story, I was praying Monday or Tuesday morning, and I felt like I heard the Lord say something to me, and I felt like him say, you know there's a difference between fact and truth, don't you? And I kind of thought for a minute, and I thought, <clears throat> I'm not sure what that means. No, I don't. So I, I was like, well, obviously, you're wanting me to learn something here, so tell me, what's that mean? Truth versus fact. There's a difference between truth and fact. So I'm just going to share with you what I felt like the Lord showed me. He showed me several examples. Y'all ready for this? The fact is, Melissa Ponder has cancer. But the truth is, is that by his stripes, she is healed. According to Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, we are healed. The truth trumps. It's been a trump kind of week. Don't everybody say amen. Listen. The truth trumps the facts. We need to start to get a hold of that. Truth trumps facts. Another example. A fact in this place could be for somebody today that they are in a lot of debt and have a lot of financial needs and they're stressed out because of it. Don't anybody say amen to that either. But the truth, according to Psalm 23, is the Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters, and he restores your soul. Amen. It also says in Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That is the truth. And so, no matter what fact is rising up in your life, I'm telling you, it's time to take the truth and make it preside over the facts. Come on. Man, I hope you guys are getting this. I'm telling you, truth trumps the facts. <laughs> the truth is the truth, whether we want to believe it or not. Gravity is working whether we want to believe it or not. There is power in our words, whether we want to believe it or not. There's been many, if, let me just be real transparent for a moment. There's been many times in my life that I have not understood the ways of God. I've seen in my own life and people that I know, some dear friends of mine, there's been times when I just don't understand the ways of God. I don't understand why this is happening or that is happening. But let me tell you, when I don't understand the ways of God, it is not because his ways are wrong. 
It's because I don't understand. My ways are simply not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. He is higher than me every single time. He is greater than me every single time. The word of God is alive and active and works and is true every single time, no matter what my situation or what's going on around me and what I might not understand. This is the truth every single time. You know, maybe the person you wanted for president won. Maybe the person you wanted for president didn't win. Maybe the person you wanted for president didn't even run. Before last Tuesday, I've had thoughts like I'm fixing to tell you several times. I've had thoughts that said something like this. My kids will not know the same America as I know. I've had thoughts that said something like, I'm scared for my children's future. All those things may very well be fact. (laughs) But the truth is, y'all ready for the truth? Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Come on. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I love this. And of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no in. Somebody needs to say hallelujah and amen to that. I'm telling you, the truth trumps the facts every single time. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being beat up by the facts in my mind, and I'm ready to start opening my mouth the way God the Father did back in Genesis and the way Jesus the Son did in Mark 11 and begin to speak the truth to my facts until my facts become the truth. Come on. Woo. All right, this is the last thing I want to do today. This is the last verse that I'm going to say today, and it is my prayer for us in this place. As the worship team comes while I'm I'm doing this, please, I want them to just begin to play behind us quietly. We are going to have an altar time in just a moment. I am going to give you an opportunity to come forward, but before we do that, I... I found this verse this week, I've heard it before, but it just really resonated with me, and I hope it resonates with you. It's Luke 17, 5, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The apostles, you know, they were with Jesus They walked with him. They ate with him. They broke bread with him. And still their prayer was this. Increase my faith. I'm just wondering, is there anybody else besides me in this room today that that's your prayer for you personally in this place this morning? Not not, not the person sitting beside you, but for you. Can you honestly say, just as the apostles said, God, Increase my faith. I need more faith. If, if you resonate with that, I want you to do something. 
I want you to boldly just, I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I want you to boldly just stand up right where you're at. If you, if your prayer is, God, increase my faith, I just want you to boldly stand up. Because it's me. I'm ready to have more faith. I want to do something even a little bit more different. I want us to pray for one another as the body of Christ this morning. You know, we are the body. And we are to pray for one another and to encourage one another. You say, well, I'm not the turn around and pray for my neighbor type of person. Look, just get over yourself. This is a safe place. I'm telling you, this is what I want to do. I want the worship team just to play for a minute. And I want us, everybody in here says, yes, I, I agree with that. Increase my faith, as the apostle said. So I want you to do this. I want you to turn to your neighbor, whoever, to the person to your front or back. And I want you to simply just put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to begin to pray for one another. I just want to take a, just a couple of moments here. And I want us to pray for one another as the body of Christ this morning. This is a powerful moment at the church at Bushland. And we pray and we declare and we believe that God would increase our faith. Just take a moment and pray for one another.